This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. State Representative Mike Sparks is on the air with us in studio this morning. Mike, how are you? How you doing? Good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Now, you have a uh, another guest who's actually on the phone right yeah, now. Yeah, we've got Kathy Tyson. You know, we're, we're, we're doing, we've got an event January 6th, Sam Davis Home, and we're going to try to raise some canned goods for the um, some of these blessing boxes around Smyrna and Laverne. And, and Kathy, they, they have a desperate need. I want to give Kathy some airtime. Yeah, Kathy, tell us more about it. Uh, good morning. Yeah, this is Kathy. Uh, my uh, two friends and I, Deborah Balthrop and Melissa Joyner, started a foundation called the We Are Hope Foundation a couple of years ago. And our focus has really shifted on helping people who face food insecurity. Right now, what we're seeing in blessing boxes all throughout Rutherford County, especially in Laverne, um, where our boxes are, is they are very, very low on food. There are a lot of people hungry right now. Um, Life of Victory Church has a food pantry managed by Brenda Bryant and Deborah Balthrop. And Deborah told me they have only enough food maybe until Monday. And we're not talking about completely filling the boxes, just partially filling. So we would ask if anyone is able to donate to these blessing boxes. There are a lot of hungry children and families and homeless people um, right now. They can use anything with a pop top that's not expired. Um, we're seeing a lot of the blessing boxes throughout the county with the cooler temperatures. They are putting some produce and, you know, breads, things like that, that would normally spoil. So there is a need out there. You can go to wearehopetn.org to find the locations. Or if you're on Facebook, there is a Facebook group called the Blessing Boxes of Rutherford County. They're very active and they're full of information on how you can help um, your hungry neighbors. And with these blessing boxes, people can literally just stop by and put the food in. Uh, there's nothing else they have to do, right? Nope, that's, that's it. And we do ask it to be um, limited to food. We'll get a lot of people that put in pots and pans, and we're always having to go and clean that kind of stuff out. Um, basic health supplies, are like personal hygiene supplies are okay to do, like if you want to put some toilet paper or things like that, that's okay. Um, socks, gloves right now are very much needed, but really limited to that that right now. So canned soup, things like that, and I guess a lot baby of those food, things. Baby food is in a, a lot of demand right now, also formulas. Um, we had, um, when we first opened the box we had at the Sonic, we would find a homeless man there frequently. He would go in and um, we would see him scooping baby food out of a jar and eating it with his finger because there was no can opener to be able to open the, like, adult cans of food. So if you, if you have extra food that you can pop open, that, that's the best. And if you have food that you want to donate, you can go to any of the blessing boxes and, and stock them. You're, any citizen, any member of the community can clean them out, straighten them up. But if you're also hungry, you can go in and, and get the food um, without filling out any kind of paperwork. When you're hungry, you're hungry right now. And a lot of times the food pantries that are just absolutely wonderful and we love them, they do have some paperwork that people would need to fill out. But the blessing boxes address the immediate need of hunger. And I would guess this time of year when uh, some parents, they, they literally put everything they have into Christmas, which, you know, often is not much, but they put every dollar into Christmas. So there's going to be an extra large need, I would guess, right now. 
there there's a huge need, especially with the kids' homes and schools, because the schools a lot of times will step in um, and help the kids out. You know, they'll send weekend backpacks of food home for the kids, you know, with things that are easy for kids to open, like pop open fruit or um, packages of crackers, things like that. Um, but yeah, the, with the kids home right now, they're hungry. They're hungry too. Not not all of them, but there are there are kids facing insecure food insecurity. And Kathy, tell us once more how to find the food boxes in the Laverne area that you're talking about. Okay, you can go to wearehopetn.org, or you can go to Facebook. Um, there is we're, we have a presence there, but there's also the Blessing Boxes of Rutherford County is a Facebook group. Um, they're, they're all listed, but in Laverne, we have one on Bain Drive, um, at Exhibitor Source. We have one at the Sonic Drive-In, uh, next to the, I think it's next to Walgreens right there. And then we also have one over by the, uh, Laverne Rescue Squad, which is over off of Old Nashville Highway area. All right. Again, Kathy Tyson with us this morning talking about that need of the blessing boxes. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you bringing us up to date on those. Well, thank you so much, Scott, and thank you, Representative Sparks, for yeah. inviting me to come on and talk. Thank you for what you do, Kathy. Thank you. Bye. I would say food insecurity is a, a big thing right yeah. now, especially. Yeah, you know, that's. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've never went to bed hungry. You know, I always had parents that were there, and thank God for it. Uh, you know, my mom passed last year at this time, and um, you know, stepdad's already gone. My real dad's passed, but you know, thank you, Jesus, that they. Uh, they always provided, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I couldn't imagine. And But you see it. You know, this just used to be like rumored that kids were hungry, but no, it's reality today. It is. And, you know, when you go to the grocery store even, you can see it in the checkout lane, and you can always tell – you know, that single parent who is trying their best to make ends meet, and yeah. you can just see it in what they're buying. You know, they're they're yeah. buying those necessity-type foods. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, we were on the free reduced lunch program. You know, my, my, my stepdad didn't come into my life till later, but parents divorced, and, you know, it was embarrassing. You know, when they, they'd literally call your name out, Michael, do you have your free reduced lunch? check you know yeah you know i mean and uh but my mom worked hard it was five of us you know but um but we never went hungry you know um but uh that's always you know stayed stayed on me and uh you know we didn't we didn't have that much privilege if you will we had a nice home that my dad had built and then my mom wanted a divorce right after after that unfortunately but um it's a good uh, Christmas memory there, Mike. <laughs> well, you know, I had a guy I had a guy call me last week at the office. He said, did your dad used to serve at Seward Air Force Base? I said, well, yes, sir. He said, I've seen you on a YouTube video. He's seen Brian and Barrett and I doing a show 14 years ago at Seward Air Force, at the Smyrna Airport with uh, with Steve Fitchu, the sheriff's, Mike Fitchu's yeah. father, and some Seward Air Force veterans. And I think all of them are, are gone now. But uh, and he said, man, I remember serving your dad in 1964 to 66, and your mom was pregnant with you, and my wife's pregnant with my daughter. And, uh, and in fact, I think he's going to come in. We're doing an event January 6th at Sam Davis' home and about the history of DeWitt Smith, Job, Sam Davis, and Seward Air Force Base. So if anybody's interested, we're asking people to bring a canned good for the event. But, um, yeah, you know, but the, here's the point I want to make is the guy said, was your mom Sam, was Sam and Pat Sparks? And it's kind of startled me because I never heard that because my parents, I never seen them together, never heard that phrase. But it was a real blessing. Listen to this guy. But anyways, um, uh, you know, as we get older, I was at a funeral the other day. You know, you're seeing folks pass away and you start thinking about this when you get, you know, in your, in your 50s. I mean, you're not there yet, Scott. No, but, far, know, far away. Far from away. Very you know, far. far. Very far away. 
<laughs> Waiting for you to say some no. No, nah, no, we don't want no dead airtime, right? No, you know, people don't think or they don't know that we had an Air Force base at one point in Smyrna. If exactly somebody isn't because we have so many new residents. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a, created as a training base for the B-17s and B-24s. And my father flew 24 bomber raids and a B-17 over Germany. You know, I was told he was the meanest man in Smyrna by a councilman. Um that councilman denies it that he said it, but you know my dad was man. He was World War Two and married five times. He could outcuss any sailor. Um, that's why I probably have a potty mouth every now and then because <laughs> my dad, you know, it's childhood trauma. But um, yeah, a lot of folks don't know that. But uh, you know, Paul Lamb was there. Uh, he's going to be at our event, at Sam Davis' home. My friend Larry Howe. Um, but a lot of those guys have passed away. Paul and Larry just happen to be the the younger ones. Paul may have been like the youngest guy to serve at Seward, but um, a lot of history. But you know what's so cool? Nissan celebrating their fortieth anniversary, and I, and I've often said, who would think? Because Major Walls served out there. You know, he was at Pearl Harbor literally when it was bombed. And who would have thought, now we've got a Japanese, you know, we've got Nissan out there with a hangar, and how the countries came together, and uh, now they're allies, and, you know, Nissan's created so many jobs. Who would have thought that when the base closed? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's wild, and and the history is, it's pretty cool, and it's pretty It really is. It really is. Um, uh, And speaking of history, you know, we've got Marty Luffman that's going to call in, and uh, you know, but you look at Nissan and the, the Japanese, there was some forgiveness there. If you think about it, and we don't talk about forgiveness, but this time of the year, you know, that's what Jesus talked about. The greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, with Marty, Marty has been a really hardcore guy back in the day. You know, you know, he run me off from his insurance company. No, I, was, I didn't know that. What happened? He, I was 17. I had this Hot Rod 68 Camaro. Coolest car in Smyrna, four-speed, 12-volt pies, 327. And I pulled in there. I wanted to get some car insurance. What did he say? I was sitting there. Well, he was big man on campus. He comes pulling in a 64 Corvette. And I'm just sitting there. And, and here come here come Marty. And I, I didn't really know him. He goes, what's he doing here to me? And I'm just a, this innocent 17-year-old sitting there. Yeah. He goes, she goes, well, we want his assistance. We want, he wants some insurance. He goes, <laughs> we ain't insuring him. And he, like, run me out of his insurance company. Well, we have Marty on the line to verify yeah. all that for us. So uh, I had to Marty forgive Luffman. him. Are you there? I'm here. So is yes, all sir. that all that true? <laughs> I was listening to all that. It's not exactly a hundred percent accurate. I don't think he used profanity, but he did run me out of insurance company. Wait, wait. What was well, Mike driving again? Wouldn't that happen at seventeen? He had a modified Camaro. It was jacked up, built exhaust. It was had a, a extra uh, extra. A large cam in it because it was one of those like Kawaka, Kawaka, Kawaka. Yeah, thought. And then Mike said that I threw him out of the office, well, or asked him to leave or what? No, hell no! I picked See, me. That's what, I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So, so did you injure yeah, him or did you not? <laughs> I picked him up and walked into yeah, the door. Get out of here. <laughs> but here's what here's what's cool. He come by my car business. I start my car business at thirty four, I guess. And um he come in there and uh he's still a big man on campus. He come in there and, and I thought about what would my father do? My father would have said, Don't let that door hit you in AWS and just get your butt on out of here. I almost said it. 
to get revenge. And then I had to stop and think, what would my mom do? My mom would forgive you, pray over you and, and all that. And then we become friends and, um, and I've been able to make a lot of money on cause I sold, sold them. How many cars have I sold you now? Four or five, six? Yeah, I spent several. Okay. Sold his dually and, um, but we became friends after that. But Marty's got, you know, he's got a heart to go. I think he found Jesus a few years ago. So the, the, the Lord changed his heart. So all all of this over a uh, a car insurance <laughs> yeah. or attempt to get car insurance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I forgave him. But Marty, won't you talk about speaking of history? Won't you talk about all these stories you would tell me and others? I really didn't believe them, but you literally I started verifying you literally helped start the Smyrna the first Christmas parade in Smyrna. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, we didn't have a Christmas parade at the time, and I was always in the National Christmas Parade. You know, I rode my horse in it, and we carried flags and stuff. And it was really, um, it, was, it was just a fun thing to do, especially when you saw all the kids on the side of the road waving at you. So I got back, and I, I talked to Sam Ridley about it. He was mayor at the time. And uh, I said, you care if we have parade? I don't care what you do. You want to pray? Go get a break. And that was about it. So then I got four or five guys together to pray, and I need your help. And so we started to pray over there at Smyrna High School parking lot. On Hazelwood. And, and we had to cross the railroad tracks and then go on down to Kmart. Well, sign up course was at the very end of the parade, and that was uh, Gil, Jenny's daddy. Oh, really? Uh-huh. He was Santa Claus. And then the uh, elf driving the tractor was Lee Victory. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, elf flew down. And uh, Santa was up there. I had borrowed a sleigh, a real sleigh, from one of the residents of Smyrna. I can't remember her name. She lived on College Street. So we, we were set up. We had a beautiful float, and Lee is a talker, and Gil is a talker, and they got the talking to the kids along the way and they slowed down the tractor so they could talk and throw out candy and all of a sudden your worst fears come true when you hear that, that train whistle. I'm thinking oh lord they're on the other side of the track and and uh, the, ba- and the bands and everything are on the uh, other side. So we're going to separate Santa from the float. And by the way the uh, TSU uh, Majorettes yeah. Uh, they were there, and boy, did they put on a show. Oh, my goodness gracious. They were awesome. Did they get blocked by the train, too? No. Everybody went across except Lee and Gil. Oh, so Santa got left behind. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. big time left behind. Yeah, but who has a train in their parade? You know, that, that right there... Is historic. You're you're an optimist, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> Nobody I know has ever had a train in a parade except for you. <laughs> well, funny. you know what? Um, I'm I'm going to uh, take that and say I planned it. Uh, that's yeah, right. That was CSX. <laughs> now, nobody I, nobody has the number of CSX. By the way, somebody asked me if I had the numbers. Nobody seems to have the number for CSX. Interesting. Yes. I, I was with Marty one time, and we were in the downtown Nashville area. I, I forgot the name of that east neighborhood but he pointed out a house that had some history value to it and i forgot what it was do you, do you remember what it was i remember us being over there yeah but i can't remember which house it was several of them have historical value to them uh, it, um, i don't remember if it was something about 
Elvis stayed there or Johnny Cash's family or, or something along those lines in downtown Nashville? Yeah, it was over there on um, uh, Las Coble Street. Yeah, that, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Uh-huh, and, and um, it was um, Elvis. I'm pretty sure it was Elvis that stayed there. But those houses over there have so much history. It's unbelievable. When uh, Napoleon's brother came to Nashville, uh, and he led the parade in Nashville. He stayed over there. Interesting. And, and, yeah, and and they had um, everybody had dressed up like Napoleon's court or or you know want to be one of his soldiers or whatever. And all all of the um, all of the clothing, the, the paintings, the pictures, the swords, the guns, all that stuff was put in the basement. Of a house uh, at the end of Fatherland Street, and then they bulldozed the house in to make a grocery store and covered all that stuff up. So mm. you think all that was left in the house whenever they tore it down? Yeah, according to a witness, uh, I know a guy that lives over there, and I visited him, and he told me about it. He said they they watched them bulldoze the house down, and every bit of that stuff was in the basement. Wow. Now, have you always lived in this area? Uh, you talking about Smyrna? Yeah, in the Smyrna area, in the Nashville area as well? No, yeah, I lived in Nashville when I got out of college for a few months. I got a, I had an apartment on Harding Place. So have you always researched and, and just tried to learn the history of the area throughout the years? Yes. Unfortunately, I have. It's, it's an addiction for me. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with, you know, talking to people that know history and... Um, Years ago, when I was in college, I actually went to lectures over at Belmont College, and and um, this guy who's, who's a historian, his family goes back to um, Daniel Boone days, and he would talk about the history of everything. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I've always been obsessed with it. Hey, Marty, I heard a Smyrna history story by Colonel Jim Reed, Valley's um Valley's son, uh, what we knew as Jimmy Reed. Um, he's now big time colonel and liaison for the Department of Military. But um, he called me the other day and he told me about this guy that pulled over off Enos Springs Road or Brook, Brookhaven or somewhere. And Jimmy said he was like 10 playing with his football. And, and uh, this guy jumps out of his truck and says, let me have that football, boy. I'm going to show you how to kick it. <laughs> and uh, the guy kicked it. You know who that guy was? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said somebody, did you hurt your leg or something when you did it? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> he said he remembers you walk back the truck like limping real bad. What'd you yeah, do, throw your leg bad. out? Uh, I popped my knee. <laughs> Jimmy always remembers. He tells me that story. I, like Every time your name comes up, <laughs> I just get a kick out of it. Chin out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we we uh, I remember watching Jimmy grow up. He'd ride his bicycle down to the house. We just lived him him and his mom and dad lived at one end of the street, and I lived at the other. Yeah, Brookhaven pretty much stopped in my house. That was all we did. Yeah, Jimmy had a he had a cool Jeep back in the day, and I often say him and I dated the same girl at the same time. Kind of one of those deals in high school. He he didn't like me really talking about it now. <laughs> he married my best friend's little sister Sheila. She's a, she's a sweetheart to Ewing family, but um, yeah, I remember the road stop right there about where you live. That's near H.G. Cole's house, right? Yep. H.G. Right lives in the house that I built on Brookhaven. 
Oh, okay. Okay. And, nice uh, place. On the air with us this morning, State Representative Mike Sparks and also local historian Marty Luffman. Marty, something that a lot of people who are new to the area never realize and never learn about is Percy Priest Lake and the fact that it didn't used to be there. Yeah. Right. It didn't. It, um, the Corps of Engineers, in, in their infinite wisdom, um, was going to build a dam, and so they destroyed a bulldoze over Jefferson. And that was a, a and, small community. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it had, I mean, it was a nice community, too. I've seen the plaques on it and everything. Um, and that, it, it, it's super. It, it, it was a super nice area, is really what it was. Well, the Corbin engineers, they went in there and took their base property and bulldozed the houses and all this other stuff. Um, they were thinking that uh, the river was going to back, some river was going to back up, and all these houses would be underwater. Well, what uh, what the Corps didn't realize was that all the caves over there, and the water still rising up went into the caves. So what they did to Old Jefferson was totally unnecessary. Now, the caves right there, uh, close to the uh, community, they actually come out on Murfreesboro Road, almost near Hobson Pike. And then the Civil War, um, that's how they would get soldiers, uh, the, the federal troops, over to Murfreesboro to help surround it. They would run them through the caves. They would come out up there close to Walter Hill, and then they were able to surround Murfreesboro. That, that's but pretty those wild. Caves, those caves are huge. And there, well, now the start of those caves are, is that underwater now? No. Now, if you're going down Murfreesboro Road from Murfreesboro, if you're going into Nashville, and you see, right before you get to Hobson Pike, you see a guy that does uh, uh, mulch and stuff for yards and flowers and plants and trees. He took me back behind and showed me where the caves come out. Mm. And so the Corps of Engineers, that was a, a challenge for them when they started making the lake, but they tore down that entire Jefferson community that I think also had a bowling alley as well there. It had dance hall, movie theater, and bowling alley. Yeah, it's pretty and, wild. And also that area is historic because the Trail of Tears went right yep. through there. Yep. It did. It did. Walter Hoover... Um, when he started uh, dating his uh, wife, he would go into Nashville and pick her up, and then they would go back to Old Jefferson and go to the dance hall or dance and and enjoy a good life there. It, it was a party town too. So part of I, I guess part of the Trail of Tears would be under Percy Priest Lake at this point uh, because it was flooded, right? It was, but I don't think it's. Now we, when when we were looking at uh, Trail of Tears, um, it came out um, at Smyrna. There used to be a bridge. Yeah. There. Uh, at the right end of fields. Old Jefferson Pike, J.S. Young Subdivision. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then the military blew it up. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to imagine what the land would look like under Percy Priest Lake, because as you go through on a boat, you will see, you know, some points where it's two feet deep or so, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're at 100 feet deep to 300 feet deep. Yeah. So there there's had to be almost a, a mountainous area out there. 
Well, there was a lot of little communities out there too, like Fellowship and Council. <coughs> um, well, Marty, yeah, that what, that that you're going to be out there. There's a tour of Old Jefferson. Anybody is anybody interested in going out? Yeah, um, we'll I'll be, be talking out there. We'll be talking about it January 6th at Sam Davis Home. That event starts yeah. at 11. You're going to be speaking. Um, but the Trail of Tears, my understanding is, you can. You can still walk it. Well, you helped create. I mean, this, I can't make this stuff up, Scott. You helped create the pathway that's that goes down the old Trail of Tears. I mean, uh, right? I did. I yeah. cut that trail. Yeah, because we've talked about that on the air. Yeah. Well, there, there's a sign up and everything. Uh, I, I guess over there around Sulphur Springs Road would yeah, be where you bottom. see the start of it. Yeah, right there by the by the water plant and um, uh, Roger Goodson, the C, the director of the CUD, is going to open up the gate. So if anybody wants to bring an eight, uh, a side by side, you know, because uh, we need some to carry some of these some of these older folks that can get out there. But we are looking. If anybody's interested in helping, call myself five two five three one nine eight. Um, but yeah, Marty's going to be talking about that January the 6th at Sam Davis home. A, a lot yeah, of history. To, I was talking to Roger yesterday about that Sam Davis home event. That's going to be awesome. I'm telling you. Yeah. We've got to get a lot of people out there. You're going to have some, some really serious historians out there. I think John John Bridges, if I'm not mistaken, James Patterson's got him coming out. He's the author of the book, um, Three Cousins from Mechanicsville, DeWitt Smith Job's story. He was in the Coleman Scouts. Um, a lot of folks don't know that story, but just Google DeWitt Smith Job. Extraordinary story about him. He was captured and tortured by the Union uh, troops, and then I think his cousin uh, went off on a, what do you call it, where you're just vengeful attack. And I mean, it's rumored that he killed like 50 50 um uh union troops uh so john bridge is going to be talking about it. he's kind of the expert on that you know mike we did a story we did a, a lecture on uh dewitt Job um several years ago we yeah. used to church over there on rock springs Road. yeah um yeah at the, at the baptist church at the um oh yeah giles church giles creek like baptist that. church yeah uh-huh, we did one day, and then we did uh, a lecture series at uh, Monroe College. Yeah, well, the, he's buried, Dwight Smith Job's buried up there at the end Morton. of Morton up on the hill. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, his grave's still up there. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Well, they've got a marquee over there on, uh, Lowry. Uh, I guess it's Highway 3. Your phone's, yeah, their phone's cutting out yeah, a little bit there. Speaking of that marquee, there's a, a historical um plaque up there right there near um on murfreesboro road about about um uh oh no that's the that's the no the marquee is up on triune highway 31 he's speaking of that's where i think yeah. he was spotted by the by the union troops and yeah, captured he, he got caught the out there yeah there was a lot of bloodshed in rutherford county during the battle of the stones river and it, it was a big battle yeah when you look back in history, and I'm, what part of of that took place in Smyrna, or as they went through Smyrna, headed towards Murfreesboro? Well, not a whole lot took place in Smyrna. There was some, of course, but not as much as what happened around the Stones River, because they were coming in from different sides, you know, to get them right there. And I guess the biggest part of the battle was when, like, the immediate area of walking into Murfreesboro. That was. that was the biggest area for the battle. Yeah, you know where that farm for uh, I think his name's Horde, Bubba Horde. Horde Farm, Horde Farm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's where they settled. They settled on that farm to get ready for the fight. And the, I, I the cannons, well, some of the cannons were put up where the country club is now, right there. Is that correct, Marty? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. On the hill, right there. Yeah. And then there was a there was a small fort on Old National Highway at the intersection of um, Lee Victory Parkway and Old National Highway, where Frank Johns used to live. Up yep. Stu- Stewartsboro. Yeah. 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 Right there, at Stewartsboro. So a lot of the federal troops came up on National Highway too. You know, it's it's interesting that they set up on that Horde family farm, which is near the intersection of 840 and uh, Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece of land. I never knew that they set up camp there. Well, not only camp, but they took his house and made a hospital out of it. Yeah, yeah and, and they did that with several homes in Murfreesboro, and I think uh, several of them have already been torn down, sadly. Yeah, sadly. But those were larger well, homes. We were talking about one other day at the um, uh, county line between Laverne and Nashville on Old Murfreesboro yep. Road. Yep. Uh, there was a huge plantation home there. Yeah, right there behind Hickory. Uh, it's a Hickory. It's a Hickory Woods nursing home. Assist living Woods. back in there. Yeah. I should know. I served time there. I, oh, that's right. Yeah, he was in the nursing home for a while. After the so, accident, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he was in there for a while. And then another uh, uh, home, a colonial, I mean, a, a very large home, was off Seminary Road, off Amville Road. It it, uh, it was a plantation home, and it was three stories tall. Um, I went in that one, uh, and they were storing hay in it. <laughs> They had no respect for it. Oh, wow. Or wow. It was called the People's People's Plantation. Hey, you wow. know, I guess most of the older homes that were used by the troops as a hospital back then, most of them have been torn down. There's one that's still standing on Rucker Lane that's a, a big yellow house. Now, wasn't that one used as a hospital? I don't know. I'm, I would guess it would be. Yeah, if it was huge, yeah, I guess it would be, but... I don't know to be a fact now. Yeah, they, they always said the Sam Davis home that's literally behind my house on, off of Ross was used as a as a hospital. You know, there was also one that used to be on Gresham Lane, and I know that was torn down several years ago. But supposedly, there, there's blood on some of there was blood on some of the floors, the yeah. wooden floors, and it stained the floors. Yeah. The King's John's home up there off Old Jefferson. Um, uh, still got some bullet holes in it. What I've never seen the bullet holes. Marty's probably seen them. I have. Uh, Mike, you and I were up there one day. Uh, we were filming. Yep. That, that's when we went up there. I saw the bullet holes. I remember seeing them. Yeah. And there's bullet holes on the courthouse on the outside as well, or there were. That's right. Yeah. Hey, you know who built the King James home? No. Home, uh, you know Weekly? Robert, Robert Weekly. Uh, Colonel Weekly. Yep. You know, he never lived in it. That's why His wild. wife did not want to live in a, a primitive area such as Smyrna. Well, he, a lot of folks, and I appreciate you bringing that up because Robert, a lot of folks don't know Colonel Robert Weekly. I guess he was given a land grant after Revolutionary he War. He was, and he gave part of his land grant to Old Jefferson to build the uh, town. Yeah, and then and, he was and, the Senate Majority leader i believe in the tennessee journal assembly yeah he, he held a position of esteem yeah he did but what was interesting he gave uh william francis nash a lot 
in Old Jefferson for him to set up a store at his home. All right. That goes back to the Enon Springs meeting house that uh-huh. Francis Crick Victory has led that effort on that on that plaque right. over there. It goes back right there. Yes. And the Yankees, well, the Union troops burn it down. I think it was used as a church, too. It was. It was yeah. a church, and right across the street from it was another church. They were competing with each other. Well, that must have got burnt when Sherman's march, because Sherman's march come through a lot of that that area, didn't it? I, Mike, I, I don't know. I'm sure it did. Well, there's I, stories of homes being burnt. I think it's in um it's in um someone's diary uh, talking about Old Jefferson. Yeah, could be. Again, Marty Luffman with us this morning, and also State Representative Mike Sparks, and we're already out of time. All right, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Marty. All right, I appreciate it. I'll see you soon this weekend, I guess. All right, take care, brother. Bye bye. We'll see you. Well, again, State Representative Mike Sparks, thanks again for uh, coming on well, the air this also, morning. Also, Marty's starting to walk. You know, he's been paralyzed for two and a half years. He's starting to walk a little bit with his walker. So Keep. his his act, the car accident was two and a half years two ago. Two and a half now? years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's starting to walk. That, that's uh, that's awesome, though. Amen. Recovery Amen. is taking place. Yes. Right now, that time, 9 o'clock, you're tuned to WGNS Murfreesboro on this Friday morning.